Please note our website has changed to riskcommentary.ca. You're listening to the Risk Commentary Podcast. Are you responsible for managing risk but feel frustrated with a confused process? Your host, Edward Robertson, has helped clients not only face uncertainty but also solve chronic business problems by using clear methods with a minimal footprint. Do it right and your people will smile, love the risk process and invite you back. Stay tuned to find out how. This is Episode 7, Establish the Context, the Most Misunderstood and Underrated Step in the Risk Management Process. Well, if you're just joining us in the podcast series, I'll give a quick summary of what we've covered so far. Um, We've deconstructed some of the misconceptions in the field. We reiterated the persisting need for enterprise risk management. We also introduced some viable definitions for both ERM and what I take to be its core process, which I call high-quality risk assessment. Now, in starting high-quality risk assessment, unfortunately, we couldn't start right in with risk ID because we need to take some preparatory steps and an important one upon which we spent, I guess, two podcast episodes was to look at the planning regime. So if you're following my method of thinking here, it's really to try to maintain a pretty tight logic step by step and introduce rigor into the whole process of enterprise risk management. So in following that train of thought, let's take what is usually considered, at least it was in the early standards, to be uh, the first step in enterprise risk management, which is to establish the context. So the first question that arises, the first point of confusion really, is establish the context for what? The standards did not make clear at the outset whether establish the context pertained to the whole operation of setting up ERM across the whole organization, or whether it pertained to uh, just doing a risk assessment on a given topic. Well, let me give you my take on this to try to simplify matters as much as possible. If you take the step of establish the context in a broad sense to pertain to, let's say, establishing enterprise risk management across the whole organization as a, a new management practice, or indeed to inform the planning, That's why I spent so much time on reviewing and revising and fixing the planning regime. So please refer back to my work on that. If, on the other hand, you take the step, establish the context to pertain to a specific risk assessment, well, in that case, you're sort of agreeing with me that establish the context belongs as a specific step for any particular risk ID and assessment on a particular topic. And I'll go ahead and show you the exact steps that I take to develop the context. So the purpose in writing a context paper is to inform the participants in a risk ID and assessment exercise the bounds of the discussion, the scope of the exercise, the assumptions that go into the discussion. And when you do this, it works like magic because instead of wasting, say, an hour and a half of precious meeting time in sorting out all of these foundational issues, you've already solved them up front. And people are very grateful for that, and they find that the process has so much more value when they get into the room and really start to discuss risk in earnest. Well, then you might ask, isn't writing a context paper a huge burden? Actually, you'll find that it's a time-saving device, and it clarifies things in your own mind as the facilitator so much that you'll come to really appreciate it and really live by the context paper. 
the context paper itself in its uh, form with uh, just as a generic format is only one page and after you fill out the various headings a good context paper need not take more than you know a page and a half or two pages so it's not the qual the quantity of the information that's important here it's it's the quality so in many applications of the context paper that I've seen, people start out with just the procedural issues. In other words, what was the meeting about? When was it held? Where was it held? Who was invited? Who was in, uh, who showed up? <laughs> uh, what were the constraints imposed? Sometimes they'll say you can't discuss this or that. Okay, And this all just forms part of good due diligence. And then the first real heading in the context paper is the title of the topic under discussion. Now that might sound really elementary, but it's really necessary to list, to state specifically what is the subject of the risk assessment. And if you don't do that, then it gives people license to start identifying risk that are that is outside scope. So people will uh, ignore the project at hand and start to identify risk that pertains to, let's say, the national economy, global politics, you name it. If you list specifically the, the topic as the first heading, then it gives you the tool, as you need as facilitator, to draw people back in to start to identify risk specifically with regard to the goals and objectives so now there comes an important point, a conceptual point, because you might object, you know, the national economy, various international trends, and so on and so forth, they might have a real effect upon our local plan, and so they need to be discussed. Well, here's my answer to that. That's precisely why I insist on looking at the planning regime. If your plans have not already taken into account what the national trends are, what the industry is doing, what the various stakeholder concerns are, then the plans themselves are already incurring risk, they're poorly informed, and you have to go back and fix the planning. Don't bring those sorts of questions into the risk ID. The risk ID has to do with uncertainty pertaining to the intended actions to execute on the formulated goals and objectives. So by insisting on the proper uh, substantiation, research into, and formulation of plans, we're precluding this notion of identifying risk in a vague way by saying, oh, interest rates might change, or the demographic pattern might change, or government regulations might change. So what characterizes all of these risks is that they're systemic in nature. They're things over which typically you don't have any control but for that very reason, must be taken account of when you formulate and design your plans. If it's something important enough where you need to uh, contemplate an entire scenario of, of response, well then that would take a scenario analysis and that's something different again. But right now, it's important simply to conceptualize that we don't want to identify risk in a vague way. We don't want a vague uh, sort of general rehash of already understood and known issues. I can tell you that this conceptual point is missed by so many, and yet this is exactly what introduces the rigor and structure in our planning and risk management process. Well, you might disagree with me here and say, no, Edward, this is exactly where we need to do risk assessment because often in our plans we miss some you know, national trends or economic indicators or background facts about the stakeholders and so on and so forth. Well, th that's fine if that's the way you want to do it, but I think there's two risks. First of all, you run the risk of having to reformulate in a, in a major way your plans because you've identified some systemic risk that simply scuttles the whole concept of your plan. 
Secondly, you miss the opportunity to capture and manage those risks which affect your day-to-day -day operations and your ability to execute on the goals and objectives. And this is where the value really comes in. So my conclusion on this point is the following. Do not introduce as risk things into the risk ID session, which should, properly speaking, simply be a trends and conditions that are already known, that should already have been taken into account in the formulation and design of the plans themselves. Well, I'm getting ahead of myself because I'm talking about how to actually conceptualize and formulate a risk. But let's continue with this subject of the context paper and how to write one properly. After the first heading of the title of the subject of the risk assessment, our next heading is Goals and Objectives. Now here again, there's a misconception that often enters. People will sometimes list the goals and objectives of the risk management program, okay, of the entire ERM initiative in this context paper. That's not what we're after. What we're after is the goals and objectives of the plans under consideration. Okay, so first of all, we have to uh, make sure that our planning language is consistent. We know what the definitions of goals and objectives are and how they relate to one another. And as I say, this has already been taken care of at the planning stage. So then you're probably asking, what, do we have to uh, state again the goals and objectives of the plan itself in this context paper? And I'm saying you have to either state them, copy and paste them, if they're you know, brief enough to, to be practical, or simply put a reference to the original planning document. Why is that? It's because we want the participants to be able to trace through, step by step, each particular goal and objective or intended action for the purpose of identifying risk. So to repeat, in the context paper itself, you need not repeat all of the goals and objectives. If it's practical to do so, you can do so sort of in a, in a short paragraph. Then you can copy and paste them over from the original document, or otherwise you simply make a reference to the original planning document, which will be part of the set of papers that people have before them when conducting the session. All right, well, so far, by virtue of the context paper, people know exactly what the topic of the discussion is and what the underlying or referent document is. The next heading in the context paper is values. In other words, what are the guiding principles that people should keep in mind for the behavior of people in the organization when they are assessing risk with respect to the goals and objectives in this plan? Now here, the values may not be stated explicitly in the plans under consideration. You might have to go back to uh, corporate documents to recall to refresh people's memories about what the values of the organization are, what the principles are for, um, for behavior and uh, interaction and so on. Now, the reason this is so important is because values are often sort of uh, glossed over. They seem to appear in the annual report as, you know, propaganda items, but actually they could be true sources of economic value. They could be true differentiators to set you apart in the marketplace and they can be sources of liability, and so on. Therefore, we want to make sure values are brought to the fore as risk criteria in any particular risk assessment. The next item in the context paper that we want to list as a heading is number four, risk categories. Now, this is a procedural item. It means, what are the categories of risk that you, as facilitator, are going to bring to the table in order to inform people's consideration of risk? For example, the classic 
categories of risk that people are used to considering have to do with, let's say, the PESTLE, um, P-E-S-T, or P-E-S-T-L-E, which means political, economic, social, technological, and so forth. Now, you might have generic categories of risk to bring to the table for people's consideration, but at the same time, you will also want to bring to the table uh, what I call specialized categories of risk. So let's say, for example, you're doing a risk assessment on uh, IT risk, uh, security risk. Well, right there, the IT security folks will have a series of risk categories and considerations that they want to run through. And you can work with them offline before the session to make sure that those categories of risk are properly listed in your context paper so that people are able to consider them and suggest what the risks are pertaining to each category. Number five, stakeholder analysis. Well, you might have done a stakeholder analysis as part of your general planning, your strategic planning exercise. On the other hand, there may be no stakeholder analysis that is extant to inform the risk ID exercise on a given topic. So right there, it could be a question of deficient plans if you don't have a set of goals and objectives and an appended stakeholder analysis to characterize the concerns and requirements, motivations, and so on of your stakeholder group, then, you know, it has to go back to the planning to, to fix that. For the purpose of the context paper, what we want to do is list conclusions, um, the major points from the stakeholder analysis, so that we can use them as a, a point of departure for identifying risk. Speaking of stakeholder input, it's actually possible and even desirable, if, if it's at all feasible, to have stakeholder reps participate in your risk ID. That gives the whole process so much more credibility and it's so much better informed. Now in step six, I'm sort of repeating myself because I said at the very beginning you wanted to put in the procedural elements, that is who was invited, who attended. Um, you can also do that down in section six as I'm suggesting right now. Make sure that you put in any instructions from senior management. The reason we want to do that is so that you have a record so that you can go back and you've got documentary proof. Moving on now to step number seven, heading number seven, I should say, in the context paper, the deliverable. Well, this again is a procedural ploy on the part of the facilitator. It might sound, you know, very perfectly obvious that you want to have a full risk register as the deliverable, but you know, what you want to do is set that out explicitly in the context paper. Why do you want to do that? It's because you need to have something to point to to say to people, look, this is exactly what we're aiming to complete today. Now, you might only have, let's say, an hour and a half or at the best, maybe three hours with a group of you know, senior executives. You're not going to get these people around the table again to consider this issue. Therefore, you need to keep them focused on completing this exercise of filling out, to the best of their ability, the risk register. And in order to do that, it really helps to set out the deliverable explicitly as a topic heading in the context paper. Now here I've got a sentence that you can use under the topic heading number seven, deliverable, quote, a comprehensive list of risks arranged in several categories of analysis with criticality rankings and mitigation measures arrived at by consensus to inform an improved business plan or policy or program or whatever it is. So those are the headings in the context paper that I recommend, which you can change or add to as you need to according to the needs of your business situation. I wanted to make a few comments about the process. You as chief risk officer or risk champion or facilitator uh, are going to be working most likely with a program lead, someone who's a subject matter expert 
in the area where you're conducting risk assessment. This is the person who has been uh, leading a staff uh, to create the plan. So you can work together to make sure that the context paper is properly filled out in all of its various headings. And then, as a point of procedure, shop that paper around. Shop that around as a draft to all the intended participants of the risk ID session. And the reason for doing that is to get people's feedback, to make sure that they understand exactly what each of the elements is uh, in the context paper, to make sure that, let's say, the planning language is commonly understood, that the definition of a risk is commonly understood, and so on. Well, let's go over the main points that we discussed today by way of summary. We talked about establish the context and how that is one of the most misunderstood and really undervalued parts of the risk management process, because if you get it right, it can solve so many problems up front. We talked about preparing a context paper for every risk ID and assessment exercise on any given topic. And the headings in that paper should be, number one, to list the topic, that is the plan under discussion. Number two, goals and objectives of that plan. Number three, the values of the corporate entity. Number four, the risk categories that you intend to bring to the table. Number five, procedural and due diligence elements, such as the list of attendees, people who were invited to the session, and the deliverable of the risk ID session itself. And finally, we discussed a bit of the process involved in preparing and actually vetting the context paper. Now, there's more that enters into the discussion of context, and I'm going to cover that in the next episode. But so far, I think if you follow my recommendations to fix up the planning and to prepare a context paper, and you compare that to another organization that's similar trying to do risk management in a rather informal or imprecise way, you'll find that you will be light years ahead. Thank you for listening. Please note our website has changed to riskcommentary.ca. Visit today for episode transcripts as well as books and online courses. That's riskcommentary.ca.